Hello, this is the Analog Park podcast, episode number seven. Uh, and my guest today is Piotr Nabielec. Piotr is a productivity expert, a slow living advocate and uh, an author of a productivity course on Udemy with an astonishing number of positive reviews. Piotr has 10 years of experience as a programmer and as a manager. And since five years, he's teaching productivity and organization. Hello, Piotr. Hello, Jerzy. <laughs> How are you today, Piotr? I'm good. Thank you. It's... Thank you we, for we, inviting me. It's it's I love podcasts. So we, we are starting a second time because I have forgotten to 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 play the uh, to push the record button. <laughs> <laughs> And so uh, the first question uh, I have for you is: uh, What was first in your life, productivity or music? Uh, if you're asking about passion for those things. I'm asking what what was first on on the time scale. I think uh, I started playing music when I was maybe my my first memories are when I'm eight and I take a guitar. Okay. Uh, my my brother was learning how to play and I thought I'm gonna try as well. So probably music was first. <laughs> the, the the productivity adventure started. I I dated as 2004. Okay. Uh, there was one semester of studies in Denmark and I read and I, I had a course on product uh, project management. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I realized we can do a very good job in defining what we want to do and how we want to do it. And then if it's all well organized, there's less stress and, you know, everything's on time. And that was There was a concept like you can organize your time that was new to me. I was, you know, maybe 20 years old at, at that time, 22, I think. And so that started a, a, a passion of reading about it, of looking at other people, how it works. And then I joined uh, one company and another company. And I love that observation, uh, how people work and how does it happen that people have more or less the same skills, but some achieve like 10 times more than the others or the teams. Okay. The teams nearly equally skilled and suddenly they achieve much more than the first team. And mm -hmm. these differences were always curious to me and I'm, I'm studying it for the last maybe 15, 20 years. So I think that was second, but then music got, I never did it like professionally or thought about it to make it more. And that's becoming part of my life starting this year. So, so I think productivity in that manner, productivity was first because I have my own company dealing with only, let's say productivity trainings and consulting for the last five years. And music is just last few months. Like if you think about dealing with it, let's say professionally. Okay. Uh, I'm asking about music because, uh, Well, uh, there is a story connected to a famous po Polish pianist, uh, Leszek Mozdar, who apparently was a guest uh, at, at your second concert. Is, am I right? Yes, you're right. <laughs> okay, can you tell the story? Because the story is uh, unbelievable, I think. Yes, <laughs> story is unbelievable. So I started with February uh, this year. Uh, my birthday and I opened my bucket list and I realized there's so many things about music and I don't do much about it. And there's this, this dream of playing a concert in a large hall, uh, like Sala Congresova in Warsaw. Mm -hmm. And 
with my playing uh, that is usually done on performed on uh, at the fireplace with a couple of people i thought i'm never gonna get there and so this starts the journey and i thought what are the musicians that inspire me the most uh, what is the music that i really feel uh, and then i order a hang drum i used to play drums for the last few years uh, and then i order a hang drum which has a beautiful sound and and I think that's my instrument. I order a looper and a few other pieces of equipment. And then I think about playing a concert in, in June for a group of friends. Just let's start with this. I, I think projects can help me uh, have the specific goal in mind that, that, that has an outcome. Mm -hmm. But of course, it always comes back to making a habit. I just want to have habit of regular playing and having fun with that and maybe create songs and this this project of concert is just let's say a motivator and so two weeks after uh, this equipment came to me there was a covid lockdown so i had a lot of <laughs> i had a lot of time to practice uh, all my classroom trainings cancelled many of my friends left uh, their cities to join their families um, I was more or less at home having a lot of free time and I thought, okay, I, I'm going to build a studio at home for video because maybe video trainings will be the next step. Mm -hmm. But also I practiced a lot of music and I, I, uh, so that's the beginning of the story. Then I really played this concert in June for a group of 12 people that were here in this room that I'm here right now. Uh, and so th there was a great surprise for them because they didn't expect anything like that. Um, there was a lot of drums and this hang drum sound they didn't expect and, and they loved it. And one of these 12 people that I invited is, was an acro yoga instructor. Uh, and acro yoga is, a, let's say, physical activity that I, that I do. Okay. And Tomek was organizing at trip for a group of people to the mountains so we can practice together a group of friends basically that want to spend some time and be in nature and just do some fun with acro yoga and because he was um he liked the concert so much he thought Piotrek maybe you can play you know the surprise concert surprise uh, to everyone and I agreed so that was my plan for the second concert and two days before the trip he uh, he, let's say, told me that um, that Leszek Mojder is going to join, which was like what, <laughs> what, like how how does that happen? And have you believed him, or you thought that it was a joke? Yeah, I, I believed him because he he said, okay, Leszek Mojder is going to join. Yes, this Leszek Mojder. <laughs> <laughs> and at first, I I thought, okay. It's not going to happen. And even if it happens, he probably won't join the concert because there's, there'll be many more activities. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he, he just had a friend there. So one of the people in the group uh, turned out to be his friend. Mm -hmm. And because I think he was tired of being famous and everywhere he goes, it's like, oh, Leszek. Uh, he wanted to be among people that he can get some rest, I think. Uh, that's how I, how I got this. And, and so he joined. I didn't believe that for the last moment. And then he joined the concert. Um, and, and yeah, and I get feedback from him, which I probably will remember till the end of my life. Uh, what was the feedback? Can you share it? 
so let's say two, two parts. Uh, first, that encouraged me to play a little bit better because the first night we had a time to play together. He was playing a guitar uh, and having fun with that. Mm-hmm. So, so it wasn't like, look at how professional I am. He, he even said that he, wasn't, he, he doesn't want that. He's, he's got enough of that in his life. So he's just having fun with the guitar and singing and playing with us. Mm-hmm. And I joined on uh, another guitar and cajon, which is a type of, of, of drum. And the next day uh, during breakfast, my friends that know him told me that, Piotrek, you know that Leszek told about you that you're a very good musician. <laughs> so I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> so self-worth plus one. But then in the evening, I, there was a plan for me to play a concert and, and he joined. Mm-hmm. And after the concert, he, he was curious about a few elements of it and how I did that. Because I use a lot of synth instruments that sound very naturally. Uh, this is also a, a, a drum that, that is uh, the Korg. That's for musicians. Korg make wave drum. Yeah. Uh, something that's, that acts as a drum, but the, you can change the sound of it. And he didn't know that. So he was really curious about it. But then it was so good to hear uh, about that all these elements were put with a great taste, sense of taste, all the instruments together, all the rhythms. And that you can feel that it wasn't like random pieces put together, but a well thought form of over an hour of playing as let's say one big tune. So you will not have imposter syndrome later on when (laughs) music. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, a nice thing is that, you know, the first two concerts were played in the front of a group of friends, let's say. And even him, he wasn't like, you know, a random person coming in like, oh, Leszek. He was just another friend of friend. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it probably helped me a lot. Um But yeah, hearing, you know, every time I probably will have some imposter syndrome, I will probably come back to those days and say, if Leszek told that, that's probably what I should believe in. Yeah. So what a story. What a story. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) I love it. And so uh, this is this is about music. So maybe in the future you should consider uh, switching careers and becoming a musician. Um. Yeah, that's future is, you know, you never know it. Uh, I think my passion is always also uh, dealing with productivity and also helping people live maybe more slow life than they used to, because productivity usually is connected with doing more, doing faster, like, you know, all these guys that and, and girls that, you know, exchange podcasts all the time, read to hundreds of books and ambitious goals. And then you just... KPIs, KPIs and measuring and achieving more. Yeah. Then you feel like even guilty and ashamed being among such people because they push so hard and you just want to lie down and, you know, watch (laughs) TV series or do nothing. And some, in some ways you feel guilty about that, that you don't push as hard as they do. And and so that's also my big passion to bring this, uh, let's say, real productivity to to life of people. That means you achieve a lot, but at the same time, you're just a happy human being. 
connected to your values, connected to your emotions. And uh, that's my big, I, I don't think I'm able to live without it and knowing how much value it brings to life of people. But music was a big passion for me for many years. And so I think that would be like two big foundations for the rest of my life, I think. Music can certainly be a, a part of uh, what is called slow living because it's it feeds the soul and it lets you uh, recharge your batteries in a way. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, Can you can you please tell me uh, a little bit more about how productivity can be uh, connected to slow living without uh, without without it not being productivity actually because it's true what you said that uh, when you when you look online for for content about productivity when you follow people who are productivity experts very often you have this image of someone who works uh, uh, i don't know 12 or 15 hours a day and hustles and does more and How 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 do you connect slow living to productivity and uh, to really being productive and not uh, and not actually doing less than your competition, for example? Oh, long story. <laughs> so we'll begin with goals, and let's say probably everybody' life goal is to have that moment at the end of your life to look back and say that was a good life. Yes, and so. If we start there, it's it's clear that there's many more ways that we can spend our time than just achieving goals. And I I usually share this concept of four types of time. Mm -hmm. so, so now we have a goal. We're recording a podcast. Okay, it has its goals. You will have a goal of publication. You have probably some long-term goal of, I don't know, being famous and rich. <laughs> and maybe educate people and I don't know, share your knowledge. You have some specific goals and that's one type of time that we are achieving goals. But this is not the only one. We have also rest. Uh, we are charging our internal batteries. We are uh, sleeping. We are reading books. We are going for a walk in the nature. Uh, we are spending time with people we love. Uh, this is something that we need for long-term sustainable productivity because Even if I do a lot today and I cut my sleep, tomorrow I'll do less. And if I continue doing that over a week or two, I just basically get sick. And many people know it that, you know, I'm working 110% for some time or 20%. It works, but then you get sick and you lie in bed for a week and you just give back that time anyway. Okay. But, but in, the, in this option, you don't have a choice. It's forced on you. And so I, I like that, um, choice that I have that, okay, I did um, a small loan from my buddy today. And so I'm giving it back tomorrow. It's, mm -hmm. it's basically works as a loan. So balance of uh, goals to achieve and rest and also relationships uh, and this creative time. That means you just start doing something without any clear goal in mind. You don't know where you're going. That's how kids usually play, you know, and an adult ask a kid, What are you building? And that's a perfect sense for an adult, which expects that this time is like a goal to achieve. Yeah. <laughs> and the kid sometimes says, I don't know. Uh, it may be a rocket. It may be a castle. I don't know yet. 
So this is this creative process of that you don't know where you're going. You, you're just doing stuff and continuing and seeing where it goes. And we also love that in relationships as well, or dancing, music and everywhere. In relationships, when you think somebody acts as a script, it gets boring and you do, usually don't want to spend time with that person. So yeah. there's always this balance of, of goals to achieve a specific goals in mind. And also this creative free time that usually is balanced by relationships and, and rest. And I think at the end of our lives, we ask ourselves, did we live uh, according to our values? But usually we think about relationships we had, uh, goals we achieved, and let's say this creative fun we had. Uh, and we need energy for that as well. So my, let's say, w what I try to teach and pass to others is how to balance these four types of time. So you have the best tools to actually achieve your goals, but at the same time, uh, allocate some time for creativity. That is, have a big problem in 21st century because everybody is so goal oriented hmm. that when you do something that hasn't any goal in mind and you played with, I don't know, even playing with YouTube for two hours, maybe a creative thing, you, you experience something you wouldn't experience normally. And then you take instrument, you don't learn any specific song or you just play and see what happens. And then you play with kids and you don't have any educational goal in mind. You just play and see what happens. And, and so, the, the thing I try to do is to maybe teach the best tools uh, that we have in these all four types of time uh, to keep them balanced. I think that's something that really makes long-term sustainable productivity because then you're a, a happy human being that can, you know, live according to your values, to your passion, to your talents. And at the same time, think how you can bring value to the world. Uh, so I could talk about it for hours so <laughs> but, but do you think do you think um, a, a, a kind of balance between those four elements is uh, is possible just by design or you have to go through a phase of extreme productivity and then of burnout in order to to get to those conclusions uh, that uh, that that you can take alone from your body or you can take alone from your i don't know maybe relationship budget but it's alone you you have to give it back i think more or less people have such experiences even you know if you're 20 something you already have an experience of uh doing something you hate or or um have problems with achieving your goals or um, being sick because you overworked um, or losing a relationship because there was too much focus in it or not enough focus in it. And so I think that the, like my, my role is to relate to such experiences and help people learn from that experiences. And the older you get, the more you have it, especially when you join the professional world and you have, uh, let's say, for nine to five job maybe and then nine to seven <laughs> <laughs> or nine to nine uh, or and then <laughs> seven to nine uh, so some people can relate and i think that every emotional experience can help because that's something that usually yeah, emotions are something that are usually deep in our hearts and if i talk about experiences people usually say okay yes i can remember that that hurt a lot lost relationship because of too much work 
uh, or not being present in the moment, relationships hate it. That when you when you think about relationship as another goal, uh, people immediately see it and feel it, and they don't want such relationships. And I think the more the, the older we get, the the more obvious it is that okay, it's relationship that counts. Um, that we need uh, our body is not that uh, young anymore. We need to balance it with rest and especially good quality rest. And then you see these ambitions were sometimes a little bit empty. It was to maybe impress your parents or impress a girl or, uh, but it's not making you happy in the long term. So I think, uh, yes, of course, with experience comes more and more um, emotions connected to that, that you can relate to. But even in the early twenties, you have, I think, enough experiences that, that um, make you aware and, and learn. So maybe maybe the good um, the good strategy to to achieve the uh, the balance between those four elements and uh, enjoying slow living is actually limit productivity as much as you can to sustain a, a level of uh, of living a level of comfort in your life and then uh, see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm a big fan of a few things here. First is retrospective, looking at the past and maybe reflecting on what happened and how you can improve that just a little bit. Uh, uh, and so to achieve, uh, I, I perceive productivity as connection of these four types of time, not only goals to achieve. So that's that's important. And with goals to achieve, we have this. So productivity, if we define it, is an effect divided by the, let's say, amount of energy you had to spend to achieve that effect. So increasing productivity means with the same amount of energy spent or money, you get bigger effect mm -hmm. or you get the same effect you have right now with less uh, spending less energy. Or it, it would be great to have both. So you have with less energy, you get more results. And if you know Pareto principle, you know that 80% of effect comes from 20% of the energy. So You, we can always optimize the thing. Uh, so we, we need to be curious what 20% of energy give us 80% of value. Mm -hmm. That's basically maybe the, 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 one of the biggest principles of productivity of goals to achieve time uh, or maybe others as well. But so, yeah, in order to achieve the same effect, we have to optimize the way we spend our energy. And when we do it, we know that there is, let's say, spare time that we can allocate to these other types of time to actually balance it. Mm -hmm. And the more you're balanced, actually, the more energy you have to optimize it even more. And so I think it's it's like a construction that in the lives of many people is like off <laughs> the vertical line. And then you're just helping people swing a little bit to so they come back to the normal vertical position. But that's That's a few cycles of, of retrospective, like every few weeks, months, uh, how, what you can do about each type of time to actually improve it just a little bit. So I don't think that you have to like give up productivity in order to uh, achieve balance. I think it requires just having a stop and reflection moment of, okay, I'm busy, but from my activities, 80% of value I get right now is from 20% of, of time. If I can lower my expectation, if I can lower um, what I achieve by 
my productivity goes time goes four times because I can achieve that with just 20% of energy. And then it's a hell for perfectionists, for example, because oh, yeah. them had hundred percent is actually 200% <laughs> and giving up is, is the thing that we have to manage somehow. But for most people, maybe uh, lowering expectation a little bit and then working on spending the energy is something that we just need to optimize. And, and then there's this time for the resting, but even in my courses, when people get so sometimes, you know, in a, in a 30 day course, one of the days is actually do nothing or do have your list as minimal as you can and try to observe how you feel about that. And many people write, I feel guilty that I do nothing. I could do more. I don't know even how to spend that extra time. And this is a big reflection on I, I'm, I'm becoming a machine. Okay. I'm just producing all the time. I can't even lie down for an hour and feel okay about that. This is a, this is a, we are living in a crazy society. And it's so a skill. it's a skill actually to do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And feel okay with that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so this is, but when they go through this day and they finish it and the next day, usually I got reports like, wow, I have so much energy to actually push the things that are now going very smoothly. And so sometimes my role is to just give people experience uh, that enable them to, okay, so now I know how it works. It's not a theory, but the, if I charge my internal batteries to like 90 or hundred percent, then I can push my goals with greater energy, passion and without much procrastinating. And And I think this is the way it, it works. Uh, and uh, uh, what are uh, are your strategies to avoid procrastination? Just give yourself some time to reflect and do nothing, or uh, have <laughs> you? So procrastination can have many different sources for me, uh, and we we probably have to talk about all of them mm, because procrastination is is a syndrome of something you can see. And uh, it always comes back to few sources. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the source, uh, so I, I probably have to start making mental maps to cover them all. Uh, let's say the first root of procrastination is that things are too big. That's probably the most common that I, uh, that I experience. And people don't work on the projects they would like to work on mm -hmm. because they are so overwhelmingly overwhelmed. You probably know the word. They are too big <laughs> and people get over. Overwhelmingly too big. <laughs> yeah. They are overwhelming for people. Yeah. And so what we do usually as a strategy in that um, moment is whenever you see you cannot progress with something and it created this mental tension, you just cut it into smaller pieces. And so if you have a, like a month project, cut it into, I don't know, three, four stages, and then just the first stage into few small steps that one, the first step you have to have to be able to achieve within two hours. And that's usually creates this energy of, oh, I made the first step. Maybe I'll do the second step. And it feels so good that you some, suddenly are progressing with something that in your mind was stuck for several months sometimes that usually it's enough for people to just start working. So first thing is things are too big. And if you think about cell phones and this 21st century era, everything's becoming so simple. 
you don't need to cook with one click. You have uh, a food at your door in 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, you don't need to like, so, so things get very, very simple today. And unfortunately we have to do the same thing to our projects. The first step has to be so simple that switching to Facebook, Instagram, or news or other things, it's not that um, nice anymore because you see, ah, with this one small step that I can achieve, I don't know, within 10, 15 minutes, 30 minutes or one hour, I can really push things forward. And so now it's becoming tempting, not overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So that's thing number one. Number two is sometimes we are just overworked. Okay. And this procrastination is our body telling us slow down and take some rest. And then when you think about pushing yourself to another task, your body is telling you, no, not today, not today. And so you do whatever <laughs> to just keep busy uh, because you, you need some sense of progress. But at the same time, if you think, uh, so I, I usually uh, use this analogy of, of a cell phone. If you wake up in the morning and you realize your cell phone didn't charge overnight and it has 30% battery, and you're not sure you, you will be able to charge it during the day. You use it completely differently from the phone that was charged overnight and you know you can charge it anytime you want. Yeah. And so this is the same that happens to our body. And if people realize, I usually ask this question in my course. Uh, so what is your long-term battery right now? If you were uh, a device and you were to give me like the battery level you have right now, what would it be? And so the average from over a thousand people right now is, guess what? 55%. Uh, I would say 70. It's 55. I have the, the average calculated from like a few hundreds or almost a thousand um, uh, samples. And so this is how people rate their is, level of energy. This is scary because 55, it's, it's half, half the living basically. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, some people are at 10 or 20 and some are at a hundred, mm -hmm. but like the average is 55, which means if you have a phone with 55% of battery, you probably don't use it that much as you could. And actually this realization comes to people that actually, if I took some rest and, or maybe deal with my broken relationships, or I slow down and deal with my body or my diet or my exercising, or my uh, free time, uh, my passions, hobbies. Actually, this may be the most productive thing because if I get from 55 to 80, <laughs> I can achieve more, but also I'm a more happy person. Yeah. So, so another thing is usually when it comes to procrastination, if you're, maybe you're overworked and you just need some extra time this week to just uh, relax, uh, have some time to reflect, uh, be good with yourself and your body. That's number two, I think. Uh, number three comes from something that in Poland is, is so common, which is guilt and shame. Mm -hmm. uh, because we don't progress with projects, we blame ourselves. Oh, I, sh I really should be doing this. Oh, no, I'm so bad. And people start, you know, beating themselves. <laughs> and this is actually the way that most addictions work. Yeah that you, you feel so bad about it, you want to kill it with some, some, something, anything. Just give me anything to, to kill that guilt and shame. And so I have a phone. <laughs> it has 
so many things that I can get distracted with to not feel that. And uh, so that gives me this pleasure for just at least a few, few minutes. Mm-hmm. But then when I put down the phone, I realize I didn't push anything forward. So and more guilt, more, more guilt. More guilt and shame. And so this is how this cycle closes. And, and with many people, we have to cut this, uh, cut this cycle and say, guilt and shame will take you, won't take you anywhere. It's, it's a downward spiral. It's a dead cycle. And if we can do anything to change guilt and shame into curiosity, then we're at home (laughs) because, uh, I don't push that project forward. The deadline's coming. I'm so bad. No, no, no. I'm not so bad. What's happening. Why am I not progressing? I don't have enough energy. There's lack of clarity. So the the strategy for such people is usually more curiosity and less guilt and shame. And I think the fourth type is basically, it's it's an addiction already. So uh, addiction that works this way that you have a shot of dopamine and you cannot basically stop it. And most social media and news are created the way that they want to be addictive. Yeah. They, they want you to spend time in front of them and they are really good in that. So I don't fight with that. You don't fight with drinking or drugs. I'll try harder. <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't work that way. With drugs and alcohol, we are serious. Okay. And with such, if, if you think that's addiction, we have to fight it as an addiction. And so most of the devices right now can actually stop you from using these applications. You can configure yourself, your phone. I think all phones uh, for the last two years have this option of screen time and, and, sh- and uh, blocking applications. Yeah. I have 15-minute uh, Facebook limit every day. I, I, so, have, I, I have deleted Facebook from my phone uh, two years ago. <laughs> I'm, I'm using it through the browser to avoid a uh, flood of notifications that distract me. But I like it. You know, I, I like Facebook for the things that for this 15 minutes a day, I get a sense of there are concerts that I wouldn't go to because people invited me to them. And there are um, some news that I, I, I see that through the wall, many people share more or less the same news. And so that means that that's, that's alive in many people right now. And mm-hmm. I get a sense of what's going on. But then the problem is, it can you know, drag you so much that you spend an hour or two on Facebook every day. And so that's why I have a limit. And my phone tells me, okay, you have my five minutes left. And it's like, oh, <laughs> so, so I have, you know, it, I like it, but at the same time, I know it's addictive. It's, it's, it's the same way with many things that are positive and can give positive effect to your life, but they are very quick, addictive very quickly. And, you have to have a prevention mechanism just not to be dragged into it. For example, I love wine, (laughs) Uh, but I have to have prevention mechanism to not love wine too much (laughs) because there is a certain point that it's becoming a problem. My prevention mechanism as far as wine is, is not to have more than one bottle at my house. (laughs) No, so I have probably, I'm looking at them. I think I have 10. It would be it it would be very dangerous for me. All right, yeah. So that's one of the professional mechanism for me. It's it's a group of friends that I'm uh, that sometimes like give me feedback or ask me how often I drink, for example, because they know I love wine. And then, okay, so how many days in a row you are drinking wine? And then say, okay, that's the first. And I had like three days break. Okay, that's good. <laughs> 
but we need to have it because we know when something is a pleasure and we like it, then we can get addicted, addicted pretty quickly, especially when you want to escape some maybe emotions you don't really feel comfortable with. Yeah. Uh, our smartphones, I think, are, um, are, are better at that than wine because if you start drinking wine, that uh, you will reach a certain level uh, when you will not be able to drink anymore because you will be lying on the floor. With a yeah. smartphone, not not so much, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one part of the story, and another is that uh, it's socially much more acceptable. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, when I would be drinking too much wine, and I don't know, meet with you today, you would see it, and maybe not with the smell, but in one-on-one relationships or when I join a group, they would immediately know, and that wouldn't be nice. But everybody is using a phone, and yeah. by the way, most of the people I work with are addicted uh, for their phones and, and they are so, (laughs) they feel so guilty about that. And they think they are the only ones that everybody else is fine. (laughs) And so when we talk about it, it's like, Oh, so you find the same thing. Oh, it's so encouraging that I'm not the only one. Uh, And it's much more socially acceptable because You don't know if on the phone you're, I don't know, doing something productive <laughs> or you're just, I don't know, scrolling social media or news. Basically, you think when you're looking through Instagram, you think that everybody else is thinking that you are planning your day in your calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. But I wanted to ask you about digital detoxes, but you you started to to give me your perspective already. So, but could you please elaborate a, a little bit more? Do you think that because of uh, smartphone apps and because of uh, all those <coughs> engineers that work uh, very hard at um, at maximizing our time uh, we spend in those apps, that uh, digital detoxes should be something you, uh, something we do uh, often and uh, on a regular basis in order to counteract these uh, addictive uh, mechanisms? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. And not only that, uh, we had this beautiful concept that's a few thousand years long and it's called fasting. Yeah. Uh, and fasting gives an opportunity for or organisms to reset some some things that usually work in cycles and some of these cycles are dead cycles and you it's like a boiling a boiling a frog you don't you don't feel things uh, if you increase it by one percent every day you don't see it but when you stop it you realize you're missing it and i'm a big fan of fasting in in most of the forms and with uh, cell phones we get so big shots of dopamine very quickly and um, very easy that uh, we are getting addicted to it. And so this fasting or this detox is bringing our, let's say, dopamine levels to normal because we are like supercharged. It's, it's, it's like touching the very, the, the most uh, sensitive uh, piece of our skin with something that, you know, really our body overreacts Mm -hmm. and i think this digital detox bring our let's say dopamine expectation to a normal level and then if you ever i I have that experience with uh, food as well i i usually once a year for two or three weeks i'm i'm let's say fasting i go for a, a vegetable and fruit diet which mostly vegetable which is 
called usually Dieta Dombrovskiej mm -hmm. or something like that, that you cut uh, carbohydrates, you cut uh, fats, you basically clean your body. Mm -hmm. And after this period, no coffee, no sugar, <laughs> nothing like that. And after two weeks of such thing, you eat uh, a sweet and it's so sweet. It, it's, it's, it's disgusting almost because uh, I'm bringing back my sugar expectation to normal. And then I realize how sweet is everything right now because I, I, I reset my body to a normal expectation. And so and fasting in any form, I'm a big fan, just once every few months, few weeks, or uh, one day without screens every week, um, or no screen uh, hours. So some people say, okay, after 9 p.m. I'm not using my phone. Uh, some people buy a special alarm clock to not bring cell phone into their bedrooms. And everything like that, we're, I'm, I'm sure it will bring positive aspects to, to the lives. Uh, besides fasting and, and besides making uh, gaps in, in screen time and in using technology, what so other strategies uh, which are analog and not uh, technology related uh, you would also uh, suggest be besides digital detoxes? Uh, yoga and meditations are strategies. Uh, they can work, not for everybody. But um, I think one piece that I would everybody to, um, to practice is uh, let's call it mindfulness of being or being present in the moment uh, and, and there are many various forms some people learn that mindfulness through exercises because that get them connected to their bodies again uh, which normally you don't even even now i can ask a question okay how are you breathing right now <laughs> and the moment you realize you probably slow down with your breath a little bit yeah Yeah, I and this, slowed down because you asked the question. Yeah. This is this mindful moment that you realize you're in the moment. And I, I meet so many people um, that drink great coffee, they eat great food, and they don't even experience it because they are always somewhere else. And so one of the experiences is to that uh, I would love everybody to practice is this kind of being present that means when i drink coffee there's coffee and me <laughs> that's it and i you know every sip <laughs> is like a it's like a journey and if i when i'm talking it with you i'm there with you and i'm fully present i don't think about goals and i don't know other things that may happen and this is a practice there's something that we have to learn because our brain is so much distracted usually and, you know, kicked with dopamine and anything else. But, and, and so coming back to the question, what can we do? There are many forms. Um, physical exercises work for some people pretty well that you mentioned yoga. Okay, if yoga works somebody, for somebody, for, for me, this, this measurement is, are you present? Uh, okay. And for me, yoga, okay. okay. <laughs> um, you said about meditation, Okay, meditation is also when you learn how to breathe and count and maybe your body awareness. If that helps you, I would do it. But the overall and ultimate practice is being present. You're being present in a mountain or where you're taking a walk, I would do that. 
just basically it's like a muscle the more you practice it the, the quicker it gets um, for you to switch to that mode for example sometimes i'm you know i'm in a rush i do things and then like it's it's a moment like and it's five seconds of i'm realizing i'm in a room what's the smell how my body feels how i breathe uh, something hurts in my body mm, that, oh, there's a really nice light uh, in the room. Oh, I have a new leaf on my uh, plant right here. <laughs> and so it's, it's get me connected to the moment. It can be just three or five seconds, but that's something I would practice a lot. And, and it's one of the mechanisms that help us also realize what we need. And sometimes among, you know, these thousand tasks in this mindful moment, we realize I need some rest your body tells you and now finally you're able to hear it or you remind yourself about some relationship that needs your attention or you feel so much bored then you think i need a creative evening today okay i'll get so much fun with my kid he will he will be overwhelmed <laughs> uh, this is i think number one for me mm, because it's also uh, increasing people's satisfaction from their lives a lot uh, because it's in all this rush that we have and goals to achieve and even in rest we feel this pressure and tension and you know you're lying on a sofa and you're it can be uh, some form of exercise or meditation or whatever but i'm here i'm on a sofa my body's okay how is my breath um, i'm feeling happy about my relationships that relationship is broken maybe i'll call her da 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 and you have this five ten minutes of being connected to your emotions, to your thoughts, to your body. And that really help people be happy, basically. That's... Maybe, yeah, maybe, that's people, uh -huh. maybe people are in need of those breaks of, uh, of awareness, of, of presence, because they get so focused on their, their goals, their KPIs, and something that is really measurable that they think that they can put it away you know so it's like in a professional career what is socially acceptable is that you will work 30 years and then you will retire and uh, <laughs> it's it's with tim ferris uh, for our work week that the concept of a retirement that you are using bit by bit during your life that is uh, has come to 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 uh, to, to a socially acceptable level, I think. But earlier on, uh, everybody just put away uh, the time, your your life, you know, and maybe that is what is happening right now with with awareness or, or also. And there's one more component that's really, uh, that I find really interesting uh, after training so many people and having thousands, I don't know, tons of discussions about it. I realized that actually, work and being busy is also one of the forms that we are escaping what we feel. And so the most busy people are usually uh, the most uncomfortable with how they feel. Mm -hmm. And uh, so if I'm uncomfortable how I feel, this present moment actually will be for me really painful because when I stop working, I realize actually I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Or, <laughs> or my family is broken, I will earn some more money, but that's not the goal. And, you know, there, in this moment that you stop, there are there's painful realizations. I'm getting old. My body is, you know, it's not that young anymore. And, and 
it's actually fairly easy to escape that pain while in, by engaging in another activity. <laughs> and then you have this label of, oh, yeah, what a productive guy. You know, he's busy. He's like, wow, he's doing so many things. And it can be the case, but it also may be a case that I, you, or somebody else is basically feeling so uncomfortable with how you feel that actually work is one of the form of escaping it. The other form acceptable today is being fit. I think yeah. there are two two addictions that are uh, like counter addictions. They make addiction cycles, but they are socially acceptable and even admired. You know, so drugs and alcohol and porn and other stuff may be really like if people know it about you, it's like, oh, they are a little bit disgusted. But if there's a form of compensation, like being fit, that you're going for a gym five times a week, and then you're this hyperproductive guy that works 14 hours a day, then, whoa, yeah, they admire you. Even though the, the psychological mechanism is exactly the same, that you're escaping how you feel. And I think it's important to add, especially today and especially in, in this, let's say, world of productivity that's so obsessed. And I met so many people that are overworked, burned out, and need emotional help. <laughs> And they think that they get this emotional help by working more and or more effective. And usually sometimes for them, the cure, like long-term cure is to stop and reflect and uh, let the, all those emotions that are there, uh, like go outside because the older you get, the more you have it and the more painful it gets. Yeah. So yeah, maybe that's too philosophical, but... This is no, no, no. It's okay. You are the first productivity expert I know that is basically saying that maybe uh, the way to being more productive and more efficient in what you are doing is doing less. For me, you know, productivity goals. My my obsession is imagining this guy, Piotrek, at the end of his life, looking back at my life and talking with me sitting right now in front of you and saying, okay, Piotr, what did you do today to actually make me more happy <laughs> when this, this is the last day? Uh, is it what you're doing right now helping that or not? And in many cases, that perspective, that, that's a real productivity, let's say. That's a 30, 40, 50 years perspective. Uh, to have that moment, I need strong relationships I need uh, goals to achieve that uh, are aligned with my passion. And I feel that I brought value to the world. That's usually how, um, how these um, surveys are defined. So their outcome. Uh, usually people, let's say, die happy when they have strong relationships and they achieved some goals that are in line with their passion and they feel they brought value to this life. Yeah. Uh, to life of others and this planet maybe. And so this is this optimization point that we need. And working more today is nice. I like it. <laughs> that's, that's how my productivity journey started. Uh, I, I loved achieving goals. And my, if, if you know Gallup strengths test, achiever is you know, one of my top themes. It's like I, I start my day and I need to achieve. That's, that's basically how I am. And that, that's how, I, how it all started. But then this obsession of this 60, 70, 80-year-old Piotrek looking back at, at his life and uh, 
imagining what was the actual productivity and what was maybe faking and cheating myself to just avoid discomfort. But aren't you afraid that uh, people uh, with whom you, you are working and uh, to whom you are giving this advice will very, very soon come to a conclusion that a major part of their professional lives is completely useless and uh, should, should, should be changed? Which, which can be a, a, a really painful realization when you are 40 or 50 and you, you know that uh, you are at the half basically of your life yeah i'm i'm the same <laughs> i'm the same i'm you know all the time i'm realizing how much time i wasted and uh, but it's a journey anyway we learn we fail uh, we improve and we just go for some more and maybe that's why i hate so social media uh, so much in these days is that you're using it too much, you start comparing yourself to some absolutely uh, unrealistic pictures of how your life should be. And uh, that's, <laughs> I always compare it to, to Matrix movie. If, you, mm -hmm. if you've seen Matrix, the Neo jumps from, the from one building to another. And after watching that movie, you know it's a movie, <laughs> okay? Yeah. You don't go to the top of the building and jump because you know it's it's a movie but then we scroll this movie on our phones and we think this is the life this is people have great vacations uh, great marriages their kids are so great you know everything works the professional life is flourishing and then you somehow start comparing yourself to that and that that's making you feel low a little bit and escape a little bit more But yeah, this, this painful realization, once you get it and then you go through it and improve something, I think this is a constant cycle. This is also how, how our planet works in, in rhythm. Right now we are talking, this is start of the autumn in Poland. Uh, we see leaves falling and then we'll have this winter, which will be, you know, <laughs> cold as usually. It lasts for like nine months. <laughs> uh, and And then it's alive again and it's like a miracle. And I think this rhythm also what I, is what I love about Poland is that we also get all four seasons. It's not like every day is the same. We get all seasons. They are all beautiful in some ways. And, and our life, I think, is also in cycles. We have every day, there's a rhythm every week and then maybe a year. And, and uh, if, if I look at our grandparents, Uh, and that generation in winter, they were doing not much because there was not much light. They were mostly reading. Uh, they had really busy months behind them. And so they were taking time to work on relationships, to read and recharge. And <laughs> we don't, it's like constant run. And then we like, there are people in Poland that take vacation, uh, In, uh, during the winter that go to, to Spain or uh, to, to another country where there's no uh, such such cold winters in order basically to escape this cycle, you know? Oh, that's, that's fine. Uh, do whatever that works <laughs> for me. You know, if I, I, I know that people can be tired with uh, darkness and feeling cold and that's also okay. Maybe also that change... Uh, help people realize uh, 
how nice it can be and also not feel too much overwhelmed. I think our our weather can also be overwhelming for many people that oh, are really... It can, but but you, you made a good point. I think that you are unable to uh, appreciate the spring and appreciate the the summer if you have not lived through the Polish winter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I appreciate it. Maybe it's a miracle every year that it all seemed dead, you know. And then in a week or two, you go to a park and you see like the everything flourishes so much. It's it's a miracle. By the way, it's a nice um, um, nice exercise for being present. <laughs> like normally, there are only maybe two or three weeks in a year that this miracle happens, and I try to maximize that time also and be outside and and see how something without any force <laughs> happens on its own it's not that there is a productive guy telling to trees okay grow up <laughs> you can change <laughs> there it's, is a kpi you have to be ready <laughs> by the yeah. spring it's a nice realization that some things need to be pushed and maybe you know that if you move a plant or you protect it with some string or some line that it's it's leaning maybe to one side and then you help it but these are usually subtle changes it's it uh the 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 biggest i think value is got from natural mechanisms that are already there and if you understand them you can maybe wor work with them not fight with them i think that's that's also a, a big lesson that i get from nature for my productivity first i have to understand my own cycles and how they work And if I'm leaning to one side, I need a, a, a line, a rope or something that will like keep me straight for some time. It may be a relationship and maybe a, a productivity partner, it may be a therapist, whoever. Uh, but I need to work with that, not, you know, use force like, hey, Piotrek, be straight. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's always for a moment. It's always for a moment. And, and in nature, we don't have that. Oh, we got very philosophical now. <laughs> No, it's okay. Uh, this kind of philosophy is absolutely uh, uh, it's absolutely what I'm looking for in those conversations. Uh, we have uh, talked extensively about analog uh, strategies and uh, not technical things. We have uh, told our listeners that smartphones are evil. And now uh, I'd like to ask you, what is your favorite app? So, first thing, smartphones are not evil. <laughs> Uh, that's something I have to say. Smartphones are tools, uh, but smartphones are tools that can make things easy. Unfortunately, some of the things that are easy are the things we want, and many of the things that are easy with smartphones are not good for us. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like a hammer. You can uh, put a nail with a hammer, but you can also kill somebody with a hammer. But hammer is a tool anyway. You have to know how to use the tool and not kill yourself with it. And I think this is how about smartphones. My favorite app, I need to look at the front screen. I think for me, uh, two apps that help me uh, live is calendar and a task list. I think these are two tools that if my smartphone had only two applications, that would be it. A calendar that I don't miss a recording for podcasts like this, and I don't have to think about it even. There is a reminder. Uh, I'm able to make some important decisions based on something that I can trust. And the same with the task list. Okay, I'm 
I'm making, uh, I'm meeting deadlines with the projects. I'm pushing my critical projects forward and it's with a minimal use of energy. So I, it's not like I'm sitting down, okay, so what's the next step or what do I do? It's like, I did it once. I spent that energy once. And now I basically need to just go and do it. And, uh, so for me, that's probably a calendar and a task list and a note making application. But for me, it's also, you know, pictures, Spotify with music. <laughs> I, it's, it's my great help. Spotify. I can't imagine <laughs> living without that, but I don't use actually many apps. Um, like most of the apps I use are, are really basic. And which task manager do you use? Current, so I'm a nomad. Uh, I change tools because that's my work for to know as many tools as possible to help people choose the right tool. Uh, right now I'm with ClickUp. Uh, ClickUp is actually one of the most powerful applications that's free and really nice and really recommended to many people. I, in, in Polish, I recorded a screencast of actually how it looks and how you can use it. You can find it on my YouTube. But For many people also, I would recommend TickTick, which is also uh, an app that's very simple, nice, working with many features and also pretty extensive number of features in, in free application. And I think my favorite choice is these two. But uh, also, I usually recommend to people knowing few applications and see which one fits their style. Because some people like style of Todoist or Nosby, or any other app that's there available. I think there are probably 10 most popular apps in this area, Microsoft To Do or Asana mm -hmm. uh, or AnyDo. Yeah, there are many, many apps, but then there's this one that really fits your style. <laughs> and for me, two apps that really fits how I work and uh, the way I like, I use my phone pretty extensively because I have a lot of thoughts. And if I want something, some, write down something, I need uh, a tool that I like and I like TickTick and ClickUp the most and don't ask me why. It's just, it's just emotional way of, I just like them. That's it. Okay. Uh, I, I think that uh, they are pretty similar because both of them uh, are actually making possible to time block on a calendar. Yeah, I don't, you know, I, I use calendar uh, only for things that are tied to a specific time, like this podcast uh, or the meeting I have uh, at specific hour. And without that, uh, so besides that, I usually keep my calendar empty. So if there is an, a hole in my calendar, sometimes for the entire day, uh, this is the time that I work on tasks that I can, you know, do and perform them and complete them before the deadline. If I worked in a very busy team and my calendar got crowded very quickly, I probably would block my time just to avoid having meeting in that time. So for example, my tomorrow is completely free. I have nothing in the agenda. Mm -hmm. And if I worked in a team with a great dynamics, I would probably schedule a meeting from 9 to 1 p.m. just to avoid having this time blocked by anybody. Uh, because that's probably one of the produ most productive days this week when I will achieve like 80% of, of this week uh, goals, let's say. So calendar for me is for things tied to time and 
taskless is for anything else that I can freely move until the deadline. And so these two tools like cooperate with each other. I never know what will be my energy level tomorrow. Maybe I'll come, you know, I wake up with a great headache. Mm -hmm. This is why I don't put specific tasks in my calendar because I don't know. But if I have more or less a plan in my task list, that's usually my, my list of tasks for a day is between five and 10. I can really reschedule them pretty flexibly by drag and drop uh, or realize I don't have enough energy to complete one of the biggest tasks. It seemed like Wednesday is a good day, but unfortunately not. And so this, this quick rescheduling is something that, that is really important to me. And this is why I use task. This calendar will never give it to me. Okay. The calendar, if one task is done, not done, and you need to move it, you have to manually move the other things as well. So it's it's not the optimum way for me and if you could have just one piece of analog gear just one what would it be analog gear for productivity no just one thing one analog thing but only one is headphones an analog thing <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, good headphones is something that bring uh, bring life. Uh, I'm looking, you know, with my flat. I think two things that um, help me live is one is the musical instrument. Is it analog? <laughs> If so, it's an acoustic guitar, it's analog. Yeah, it's it's for example, hand pan or acoustic guitar. Yes, so one instrument that I can play as a absolutely opposite of what having you know goals and being productive and using screen it changes my brain into completely different mode that's one thing and second thing probably is a plant that i'm looking right now i i try to have many plants in my uh, room because that's and and the view from the window is also some trees and grass and it also helped me get connected to let's say myself and nature and Uh, let's say manage energy levels as well. So we're probably analog things I would invest actually in my case is plants and instruments. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so uh, uh, thank you for for being uh, a guest on my podcast. And thank please you very tell much. us uh, tell us where can we find you online and uh, tell uh, our listeners also something about this amazing Udemy course with an astonishing number of positive reviews. <laughs> so my name is Piotr Nabielec. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, that's one way to connect. I run Produktivny PL uh, in Polish. This is uh, like a hub site for whatever I do. <clears throat> I have uh, a course in Polish, Produktywność Krok po Kroku, which is productivity step by step. This is a 30-day course that you can join me two times a year. I'm I'm helping people get through a 30-day process of uh, getting their chaos organized, balancing their four types of time. It's like short lessons, short exercises. Uh, one is happening right now, and usually they are early spring and early autumn every year. Um, and so that's one thing also to find me. And I think this is the way that you can get, get most of my time and um, help. Uh, And then I have this Udemy course, uh, which is in English and have Polish subtitles. Uh, 
it's uh, right now I think it just crossed 2,000 reviews um, and basically that's like a, a pill. So I heard so many things and techniques um, about uh, time management that I decided to make like a you know one hour 40 minute course that just packed with uh, the best practices and you can find it on, on Udemy under my name and practical time management. If you also type practicaltimemanagement.com, it will redirect you there. Uh, so that's something I have right now. I'll probably work uh, in the next months on some more English content. I'm planning to do uh, webinars in English. Um, and I think the landing page that I probably next month will be fourstepproductivity.com. Uh, and this is like a, this how to achieve balance in these four er this areas and it will be like four step productivity. So probably this is something that you can find me more and more in coming months. But right now, productivity and just two courses uh, and social media, LinkedIn and productivity on Facebook. I think that's that's it. Okay. Thank you very much, Piotr. And have Thank a you. nice day. Thanks. Bye. Great questions. Bye bye.